Hey mama, so excited to bring you this week's episode. It is actually a recording of an interview that I did for the So She Grows podcast with Ashley Carroll. She was on my show a few weeks ago. I really enjoyed hanging out with her and I thought this interview was great and wanted to bring it to you guys. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Grace Fields Wife Podcast. My name is Beatrice Vargas, and my mission is to improve the quality of marriages by helping us learn to be fueled with grace. Are you sitting in a marriage that feels empty? Are you struggling to reignite the passion and love you once shared with your husband? Are you at a crossroads of leaving and repair, but you're constantly reminded of your promise to God to stay true? Or maybe things haven't even gotten that bad yet. Maybe you don't argue that often, but since you barely connect anymore, you've started to give up hope of ever being happily married again. You might have contemplated or even fantasized about what it would be like to leave. Maybe you're telling yourself that you're just sticking it out for the kids. If this is you, I've been there. My story is your story. I want to help you heal and reignite your marriage while still believing in the promise God gave you. I want you to stay with me, learn from me, internalize the grace, guidance, and interviews so that you can become the grace Field wife. You can learn more and connect with me directly on Instagram at the grace Field wife. Now let's dig in to today's show. Hey guys, I'm super excited to have Beatrice Vargas here from the grace Field wife podcast. Uh, she's awesome. Definitely uh, my vibe kind of girl. Um, and I really enjoy talking to her. Her podcast is predominantly about marriage, and this is one of those topics that I frequently jam on about here, um, on here, and so I wanted to bring her on and kind of just talk about that and dive deeper into it, and she has some really good tips and uh, perspective, and so Beatrice, I'm so glad that you're here. Awesome. Thank you so much for inviting me on. This is really excited. And guys, you are so lucky because I'm so happy that I found you. And this has all been, this has all been great. I really enjoy listening to your podcast and I'm a fan of yours. So this is, this is awesome. (laughs) Well, I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad that we've connected and um, you have patience for me and my non-sleeping infant as of right now. So (laughs) Mama's got to stick together, you know. I know. Gosh, it's so crazy. So before we hopped on this podcast, yesterday I had asked you a question um, to think about before we hopped on. And that question was, if you met a woman whose marriage is just, you know, like meh, like, you know, she's like, you know, you're like, how are things? She's like, meh. Um, And you sit her down and you tell her, like, look, you got to stop making excuses And I asked you to fill in the blank of what you would say next, what you would tell her next. And that's kind of the jumping off point I want to take with this of like, when you think about, you know, your friend and, or somebody you care about and you're sitting with them and, you know, you can see yourself in their place, you know, you once were there, what would you say to her? What would be your first, like, this has got to change. I love, I love this question uh, when you pose it to me, because it's, it is one of the reasons why I started the podcast, Mm -hmm. because I ended up having this conversation so many times. And I Mm -hmm. felt like the answer ended up being the same Mm -hmm. every single time. So what I would do first is when I'm sitting with her, I'd ask her questions about 
what, you know, to kind of dig in deep. It's like, well, why is the marriage meh? You know, everybody has their own reasons. And a lot of times your own reasons are the same, you know, our, our things that go on in our life are really not that different than what goes on in everybody else's life. And so the answer that I found that I kept giving over and over and over was as much as we want to change our husband, as much as we wish he would do A, B, and C, Mm -hmm. we can't change him. We can maybe influence his behavior a little bit, but we can't actually change him. So because of that, the only thing that we can control is our own actions. Mm. So I would sit down and after kind of talking to her, say, you have to take accountability for these things that you're doing in your own marriage that maybe you can change. And then once Mm -hmm. you change that, from there is when the growth and the change and the transformation starts to happen. So that was really the first thing is taking Mm -hmm. accountability for what you can change in your own marriage. And then that's when the answers start to vary by person from person to person. Yeah. When you first um, started taking responsibility for yourself in your marriage, did you verbally like have a conversation with your husband or was it like a personal choice of like, I'm going to make this change because it needs to start with me first. Um, And then like, what did you see kind of like, what was the effect of that in your marriage? Mm. Um, When I recognized that I needed to make the change, uh, my story in my marriage was also another reason for having started the podcast. My husband had walked out on me. And so we were in a place of separation mm-hmm. and we were in a place of just, I thought the marriage was over mm-hmm. and it wasn't until then that I recognized that I had to change something. Mm-hmm. And I started really to dig into what needed to change. So mm-hmm. that was a catalyst for me starting the podcast because I don't want other women to get to the point of separation mm-hmm. to have to do that. And so you know, God blessed us and and that worked out for us and and he redeemed my marriage. But um, so for me at the time, it was a, I have to change because we were not together. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, in, in telling women, most of them that I speak to aren't even in the place of separation. They are still in a place where their husband's communicating, they're living in the same house and, Mm -hmm. and maybe it's not as great as it used to be. Maybe uh, a lot of times I, I find that, you know, your your husband or your soulmate has now become your roommate Mm -hmm. and you're just kind of doing life together because you have to you talk because of the kids because of whatever but you're not so much connected and that's the thing that I find most often and that's the place that I was right before our separation and so I feel like my mission is to help women not not get to the separation if they don't have to, but really how to take, how to go come from that place and then figure out, okay, what is it that I can do? What is it that I can change? Cause it can start with you today. Yeah. You know, if you want to have a conversation with your husband, you got to schedule it. You got to wait till he's in a good mood. You got, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's things that, but you changing what you want to do right now, as you're listening, you can make the mind shift mindset shift to change that right now. My question for you is, like, when you're in that space of, like, you know, your husband walking out on you, and thank you for sharing that, because that's such a vulnerable share, um, and I think that you're so brave to, I mean, you do this on your podcast, you've shared your, your story, 
um, which so many women can relate to. And that's a whole nother episode of like how we need to just open up and be honest with each other. And then we wouldn't be so judgmental or fearful about what other people think. And we'd be able to seek help um, more frequently and more openly. But when you're in that place of, you know, your husband's walking out or you're on the verge of, you know, separation or, or what have you, how do you decipher between like, you know, feeling like it's all on you to redeem the situation or to solve the situation or that it's your fault. And so you need to fix you. Cause I feel like we can get those mixed up of, I need to work on me, but also like, it's my fault. And so therefore I need to like change and do all the things. Like, how do we differentiate those? Well, I think, um, putting the blame on yourself isn't the answer really, because there's two of us in a relationship. Mm. And if you're, if you're being, if you're in a place of being disconnected from your husband, I would bet I'm not a betting woman, but I would bet money yeah. <laughs> that he, he's got some, some amount of culpability in that. Yeah. And some so, skin in the game. Yeah. yeah. So I would say to that, that woman, like, don't beat yourself up for it. Don't mm -hmm. beat yourself up for being in this place because no one gets married Mm -hmm. to end up in this place it just kind of happens as life happens mm -hmm. and so that's that's the first thing and then so once you kind of can get past that and and get past the oh woe is me this is all my fault it's not mm -hmm. that's just you know wake up and what can we do to start getting better because you know what even if and in, in the worst case scenario even if your marriage ends mm -hmm those relationship skills, those communication skills, those, all those skills that you're going to build, you're going to need to take with you into the rest mm. of your life, whether it's into another relationship or just, you might decide to never get married, but those skills are going to apply. So yeah. start working on them now. I would say. Yeah. You're reading my mind because right then I was just thinking about like, even if the worst case scenario happens, you are wherever you go. And so you probably need to do the work anyways and you're better you're going to be better off for it whether it's this relationship or the next one and i mean obviously we all hope it's this you know your current relationship but um yeah i mean i think that that to me was like one of the most eye opening phrases of like you are wherever you go of like i can't um just it's not going to be easier if i just hop to another relationship because all of my baggage all of my issues all of the things you know unresolved problems and traumas like i'm going to carry it over with me and it's going to be the same thing it's just going to have a different um you know a different mask on it and so yeah i really i really like that you that you brought that up that was a good point um and then another thing that i heard you say in an episode a previous episode of yours was uh your marriage can still be thriving um even uh, even if it's not perfect Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I think that, we get caught up in that yeah um that one was a tough one for me to record and like you know we were talking about yesterday COVID time you know at the time yeah. we're recording this we're kind of still in quarantine or coming out of quarantine mm -hmm. this is a really hard time to be trying to create content around marriages like it's a really <laughs> hard time <laughs> to try to be encouraging other women on marriages where you're just trying to like keep your own marriage sane yeah. and you, you know and in that particular episode was like we had a, a fight okay every every couple has disagreements mm -hmm. and i was so 
upset with myself, like, oh my gosh, I should give everything up. And then I thought about it and it was like, it's okay. It was just a disagreement, Mm -hmm. you know? And then we came through it and I started to apply the the principles that I try to teach other women to do. And Mm -hmm. it was like within an hour, it was, it was done. It was all over. It was like, it never happened. And so I realized in that moment that like my, this is going to be my life are my marriage is never going to be perfect. And I need to be okay with the fact that my marriage is not going to be, no one's marriage is ever, there's no such thing. Mm-hmm. We're both two imperfect humans who have come together. And so I need to be okay with the fact that like my marriage is not perfect, but I have learned a whole lot over the past 17 years we've been together of like how to get out of that and how to weave in and out of those disagreements. And we can still have a really awesome marriage, even yeah. when we fight sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can totally relate to that because I, I get it all up in my mind about that as well when we have an argument and it seems like the world is falling apart or, you know, or I realize that it's the same argument that we've had over and over. And so I feel like I'm failing. Um, but I did an episode a while ago that um, I did based off, you know, same thing of like I was struggling through something and I was like, you know, we got to talk about this after I saw perspective from it. And and came out of it from the other side. And it was that your, your marriage is not failing because you're fighting Mm -hmm. your marriage. You know, your marriage is a marriage. Like you're, like you said, you're two people with baggage. You got to work it out. And also you're still growing. Like you're, Mm -hmm. if we, if we weren't fighting, like, I don't know a relationship that can um, grow without some sort of conflict or, struggle and so I can't imagine like it's great to envision this you know running through a field of sunflowers holding hands all the time you know and like everything's hunky-dory but then like what kind of substance comes from that like you know you only grow from the from the things that put you out of your comfort zone that force you to grow you know little arguments that help you to refine your skills your communication skills as a couple better um so yeah man like I that is that is a tough uh, that is a tough thing to keep in mind mid fight. Like it's easy to say that now, but I'll admit that <laughs> mid fight yeah. you're like you're like uh, I don't know. This is no fun. Yeah. When as you're speaking, I'm uh, reminded of this analogy. I saw it on one of those like goal cast things yeah. that come up on your Facebook feed or whatever. It was a rabbi talking about um, a lobster, and. <laughs> in order for the lobster to grow he Uh has to get like uncomfortable in his shell Mm. and then like shed the old shell or some it was some some sort of analogy like that but essentially it was like the growth comes from being uncomfortable Uh and you know you had said like in marriage we're growing together I met my husband when I was 23 I'm a completely different person than I was when I was 23 it's just Mm -hmm. like you know we would hope that we get married and we're going to be together 30, 40, 50 years. Mm-hmm. You're going to be a different person through all that. But the only way you're going to actually grow is if you kind of work through all the uncomfortable, all the uncomfortable stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. That's good. What do you think is like the most common um, struggle that women that you talk to are dealing with uh, when it comes to their marriage? What do you, what is like the common thing that just constantly keeps coming up? Um, I think the ones that I talk to kind of who I resonate with Mm -hmm. are women who 
their husbands are they struggle with their husbands so they're like you know i like I'm how you're trying to say this very nicely <laughs> it's like you know you see some couples and you're like oh my gosh your husband's like seems so nice and he's like mm -hmm. the nicest guy and and yeah no it's not that the ones that that like talk to me and that who like we resonate with it their husbands are cranky. Mm -hmm. They're, you know, they're just, mm -hmm. they don't have this um, overall like nice guy thing. And so wife feels like it's his fault because mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And like, that's her, her immediate thought. And it's like, well, honey, you married him. Right. <laughs> like he fathered your children. You yeah. love his, as a dad, like he's a great father. He's got all these things. You married him for a reason. Mm -hmm. So you've got to like, get over the fact that yeah okay sometimes he's cranky or sometimes he's a little more antisocial than some mm. other you know what I mean mm -hmm. and so that I think is the so I guess the my point is that because of that the women that I find they think it's their husband's fault and they mm. want to change their husband mm. when and I and I believe that this uh, principle applies to anybody it doesn't matter who your husband is mm -hmm. I believe that like unless you're married to Jesus, which you're not, right? Like, <laughs> that you should really, and even if you were, if you, you what would, what would the issues be? They would be all your fault. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, so, you know, the, which is where I come back to that place of taking accountability for the things that we do. And that's kind of like, that's what I talk about on the podcast and every other episode. It's a, mm -hmm. a different place, a different way that we could take accountability. That's what the grace-fueled wife even means, because it's like, learning to be fueled with grace, learning to speak to your husband with grace, learning mm. to have patience for him, even though he, not, he may not deserve it. He mm. may be wrong. He may be. And that was a lesson that I learned through my separation. It was having the, you know, having God step in mm -hmm. and surrendering, having healing my marriage by saying, okay, I need you to fill me with grace. I mm. need you to give me to make me want to forgive him. I need mm -hmm. you to make me not want to kill him because yeah. right now I like physically want to hurt him. Yeah. And it was not something that I was able to do in my own strength. It right. was something that I had to sit down and surrender and say, okay, God, I need you in this place. And I think I now it's almost like since then, or since this whole thing, like even started, it's like, I feel like God now just sends me women who are in a very similar place mm. of just needing to kind of throw it up and surrender and be like, teach me because mm. teach me, God, teach me how to have grace for him and compassion and empathy and teach me how to communicate with him better. But mm. like take away all these like feelings of anger and aggression and whatever that I feel entitled to have mm -hmm. because he's done all these things. Mm -hmm. or he's or maybe he hasn't done all these things but I perceive that he has and so that's kind of like yeah. I would say the uh, the thread you know the common thread mm -hmm. I think I think a lot of women especially if they are um more uh extroverted or more dom have more dominant personalities than their husbands I feel like and and this is just an assumption so I might be completely off base but I feel like um, they have a tendency to struggle with that idea of um, grace um, towards their husband because it makes them feel less than or like somehow in weak or like at, um, at fault or whatever. So I, I'm trying to, 
or my internal struggle when I'm thinking about this is like, how do we then, like, how would you then explain to her, like what the benefit is of a different perspective or the perspective that you, you know, that you're granting them um, to not see it as like, oh, like I'm just going to let my husband walk all over me. Cause I think that sometimes women get confused with like the difference between um, a partnership and some sort of like, he, you know, he's dominant, I'm dominant, like sort of relationship. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. I love, love, love that question because I'm, someone had asked me when we separated, like, so what happened? Mm -hmm. I didn't know. And at the time, all I could think of, we're two type A personalities. Like we're two Mm -hmm. alpha personalities Mm -hmm. that were clashing. So I'm definitely that kind of person who's more of an extrovert, more dominant. I was raised to be like, you make your own money. You don't yeah. need a man for blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. do all these things. And yeah. there was a time during that where I was like, I don't need him. I don't need yeah. him. I make my own money. I've got that, yeah. that, that. And I just felt a certain kind of way about myself. I felt good about myself, but it was to almost to my own detriment. And I would say with that, and this was something my mom had taught me, who was the one who also taught me to be very dominant, very whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, who taught me that in stepping into humility Mm -hmm. and taking on some humility in that place and understanding it's almost like everyone I know hates the scripture in the Bible that says like Mm -hmm. you know women submit to your husbands and they think it's like it doesn't mean that we're to be a doormat right and my mom was the she kind of when she explained it to me she was like it what it says is that Men love your wives the way Jesus loved the church and he laid down his life for the church. So she was like, if he did that for you, you would, it would be easy. You'd be like anything you want, right? If he loved you that way, you'd be like, whatever you want, babe, you want dinner, you want this. Sure. Because he would be giving you everything you want, Mm -hmm. but sometimes he doesn't. And so it's kind of like, the, the reason uh, why it's a command in the Bible, not like a suggestion, mm-hmm. is because we're supposed to do it. And it's not just us. He's supposed to love us even when we're being nasty to him. Mm-hmm. And we're supposed to kind of show him the respect or um, my pastors. I love the way she puts it. She says that women want to be cherished and men want to be championed. Mm-hmm. And it's that. like, oh, I love that because it kind of takes away the stigma of like, you know, respect and submit. Essentially, it means the same thing, but it's just, it kind of puts it in a place, in a perspective that uh, we can talk about it a little better. And so I would say the benefit, to go back to your original question, is that if we can do that, if we can um, humble ourselves enough to champion him, to be his champion, even when we're not feeling cherished, then it's going to reverse the cycle. So mm-hmm. one of my favorite marriage books is uh, Love and Respect. And it's by Egrich, it's his last name. Forgive me for blanking on the name right now. Um, but the, the uh, name of the book is Love and Respect. And what he talks about is the cycles that we go through. So we go through crazy cycles. And I'm sure mm-hmm. every married woman, like I say crazy cycle, they're like, oh yeah, I know that one. I was on it last week or I'm in it now. <laughs> yeah. But he also talks about like rewarding cycles. And so what it does mm-hmm. is when you, when you do that thing, Uh, when you're kind to your husband and when you're showing him grace and when you're showing him love and you're showing him 
whatever, even when you think he doesn't deserve it, it stops that cycle. Mm. And it starts to spin it the other way. And it doesn't happen right away. But so the benefit is like, when you're in a cycle, one of you has to stop. Mm. You can't just keep the game, name blame, you know, the blame game. It's your fault. It's your fault. Like, right. you're never going to get out of it. Right. So if one of you, it's like saying, I don't want to apologize first. Mm. So if one of you apologizes, right, you kind of like, er, you stop the cycle. And you, then you can start to turn it around the other way. So I would say that's the number one benefit of doing this. And it doesn't mean that you're not worthy, that you're not important, that you're not valued. If anything, it shows your strength because by showing your humility, you're showing like, I don't need to like puff up my chest mm -hmm. to be important. Mm. Right. Like God didn't need to puff up his chest, like to be important. He was God. So right. he humbled himself as a servant and that's what he calls us to do. And so wives or no wives, this is what he calls us to do in life. And so if we follow that example, that's what we're doing. That's the benefit of it. We're becoming more Christ-like. We're saying, okay, I don't need to be so important right now. And in that, that's where God can go, okay, now that you've made yourself a little bit less important, let me do the work for you. Ah, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. oh, gosh, that was so good. Um, I really like what you said about being champions of our husband. That's such a good perspective and um, something that I feel like I always love those tangible things that you can just, that are short, that you can hang on to and remind yourself like, okay, especially when you're in the moment, when you're in the thick of it, those are so good. Mm. Um, okay. Last question that I wanted to talk about, because like you mentioned, we are in the middle of this quarantine. Um, if you're listening to this later on, you've come out on the other side and hopefully you guys are better for it. <laughs> but um, right now, like you said, we're all kind of, I mean, there's a lot of stress going on, you know, outwardly, uh, there's a lot of things we're consuming so much, um, media right now. So we're seeing a lot of extra stuff than we normally would. We're dealing with more stress than we normally would. And in, in a different situation than we would normally be in, what is your, if you have one, what is your like number one survival marriage tip for couples? that are dealing, that are currently in quarantine or, you know, have been in this COVID atmosphere for a while? Um, <laughs> that's a really good question. Cause it was one of those, like, how are we surviving? Yeah. <laughs> right. And I, and I did an episode on, uh, thriving and not surviving mm -hmm. and it was like, great. And then, you know, two weeks later we were in another fight, but like, right. <laughs> you know, as, but after having all of that, after having come through a, you know, Transform, uh, transformative conversations with my husband. I would say that taking that time to spend together to connect, it sounds stupid because we're stuck in the house together. And I think I talked about this yesterday, like we're together. What more mm -hmm. do we need? Mm -hmm. But it's like, we're together, but are we really taking time to really connect? Or are we just at the end of the day being like, oh my God, thank God the kids are asleep. Yeah. Just watch it's, like a, it's like a different together. It's like an intentional together that you're talking about. Yeah. Almost like, and so I had talked about this, like, it's almost like, and, and you had talked about this yesterday, dating, dating your spouse. Right. And it's like, well, can you have a date night at home? And I think, you know, how many awesome things happen in date night when we sit and we're having time and we're intentional and we're speaking together. Um, and so one of the things that we were doing in the beginning of quarantine and we stopped, and I think that's where some of the problems came in. And so we started again was dating each other at home. Mm -hmm. 
because we're stuck at home and whatever that means for you. So for us, it was like, okay, Saturday night, I'm going to make some cocktails, let's listen to music, let's hang out, but let's have some real together time so we can, so we can talk. So I would say that the number one thing to get yourself through quarantine, um, and if you're listening to this later and you got through quarantine, to get yourself through life is continue to date each other. And if it means being stuck at home, have date night at home, even when the kids are in bed. I completely agree. And it's one of those things that it's like, if you want to tone up your body or you want to lose weight or just feel better and you like, so you're like, I'm going to work out. And and then you start seeing results because you're working out every day. And then you like what you see and you like how you feel. And then you're like, oh, well, I feel great. Everything's great. I look great. So I'm just going to stop now. Like I got where I want. I'm just going to stop now okay, then like what happens? Like it doesn't just automatically stay, like you don't automatically stay, you know, toned and whatever. Like, no, you get the flabby arms and all that after that because you stopped doing it. So like just with anything that we want to continue to, um, you know, see the results from or reap the benefits from, then we have to continue doing that same habit and, um, you know, continue dating each other because it's like, like you said, and like we talked about yesterday, and we keep referring to this yesterday thing, you guys, I recorded an episode for Beatriz for her podcast, and um, it was hopefully good. (laughs) Um, But anyways, um, so yeah, like, just when you get in life and and all the mess and, you know, all the kid things and all this and that, like you tend to connect throughout the day as a couple, but it's like here and there. And it's like, what do you got doing? Okay, you're going to go there, I'm going to pick up this kid and blah, blah, blah. And that's not connecting. That's not um, what you guys as a couple need to, um, keep that flame, you know, we got to keep that flame going. (laughs) I love that analogy because it is the story of my life. It's like you lose 30 pounds and you look amazing and you're like, yeah, I can have some chocolate cake now. Uh (laughs) Yeah. Once Runny, like <laughs> you don't know? get crazy, yeah. Like don't get crazy, and then, or if you do, it's like don't be mad that you're in your fat clothes again, or yeah. Whatever. It's like you know, mm-hmm. you should know better. So I, I love that now because it is so true. You yeah, know, you can have a great marriage and then it kind of goes south for a little bit, but uh you know, as long as you don't let it go too far. I mean, that was the other right. thing, right? As long as you don't let it go too far, it's it's not gonna take that long to get it back it's not like you know as we age losing 10 pounds all of a sudden becomes so much harder than it was before it's like no in marriage it actually becomes easier to get back Mm -hmm. because you start to catch it earlier you know you start to catch it before you go get too far gone especially when you learn these tips and habits that you know like you're implementing in your podcast and you're teaching your friends and your listeners like as, as you pick up all these like tips and hacks, then like you can apply things easier, faster, and more frequently to where it's like, oh, okay, like I know what I'm doing now. So we got off track. Okay, I know exactly what we need to do to get back on track. Like let's do that and start, you know, keep going. Um, awesome. I am so excited to have you on. I love all the things that you have shared. Such like good takeaways um that you brought today so where can everybody find you where can they connect with you especially like i said you are uh focused in dialed in on speaking on primarily just marriage stuff which mm-hmm. is oh my gosh like we need a whole lot of help in that area so <laughs> if my listeners want to seek you out for that kind of um content where can they find you Sure. So the podcast is called The Grace Fueled Wife. So they can find that wherever you find podcasts, Apple, iTunes, wherever. 
Um, there is a Facebook group and that's just a Facebook, uh, Grace Fields Wife community mm-hmm. or the website. Um, if you go to thegracefieldswife.com or on Instagram, also at thegracefieldswife, you can hit me up, send me a DM, any of those places. And that's where I hang out. So. Awesome. Yay. Thank you so much. Hey, love. Thank you for listening to today's show. If you found any value in today's episode, it would mean the world to me if you left a five-star review and shared it with a friend or someone else who needed to hear this today. This is really the best way you can thank me. It helps me to get the word out to other women just like you. See you next week.